Hello, it is FMC. I am Jeremy. That is SP3. It is Tuesday, July 11th. It's been it's been a couple weeks. I feel like it's been like three weeks. I don't think it's been quite that long, but our schedule's been so on and off throughout June and now the the first week of July. That's just, it. Just feels like it's been too long. SP3, how you been, buddy? I mean, at least, at least everything is happening, you know, te- technically after the season has ended. But we have, we have said before on this show that the NBA season never ends. So we had plenty to talk about last week, but I unfortunately couldn't make it here. I I, had, I needed I needed one week myself. So we are back here and we got a lot to discuss because we got two weeks worth of free agency to talk about. And you put Britney Spears <laughs> in the thumbnail, yeah. which had me preparing for this show by singing Britney Spears hit song. Cause I was like, yo, this chick, y'all have to, y'all should have been there. Y'all should have been there. It's in the moment, in the early aughts, in the early aughts, the late nineties, Britney Spears was on a streak, a streak of banger after banger after banger after banger. Come on, yo. Hit me, baby, one more time. You drive me crazy. Oops, I did it again. Slave Slave for you. Slave for you. you. Uh, When she came out a late love a few years later, toxic. Toxic, yep. Britney had nothing but bangers, man. What a, a generational talent. generational generational put people on game put people on game she revolutionized lip singing and dancing for (laughs) concerts that that was revolutionary no but just so talented at at making hit songs so good yeah she's she's in the thumbnail because victor wimbiniana uh made headlines before he even played in a basketball game before he even played in summer league because one of the security people pushed her away, shoved her away, slapped her away, however you want to frame it. And he just kind of joked about it and laughed. And look, man, just apologize. Just be like, I didn't see what happened. My security handled that. I'm sorry. He probably has no idea who Britney Spears is, honestly. He's a 19-year-old French kid. Like, he's he lived in different parts. I understand Britney was big for our time, but Britney nowadays, she just does her Las Vegas residency and everything. I can see that the kids these days probably don't know who the Britney Spears is. I get that, but just apologize and just be like, sorry about that. Like didn't mean any harm. Instead, he it laughs and everybody was like, Oh, Wimby's going to get it now. And then he had a, not a great performance in his first game. Looked a lot better in his second game, but not a great performance in his first game. And Britney Spears' Twitter lit that man up. Lit him up. They were putting, he got dunked on in the first game. They were putting, oops, I did it again over the dunk highlight and everything. Britney Spears' Twitter, by the way, there's levels to like the Twitterdom out there for people that don't know, for people who just only know like wrestling twitter like wrestling twitter is not bad it's all i think all like twitter fan bases are a little toxic especially when you want to especially if you go like outside of the fan base but even inside the fan base like if you go to taylor swift twitter it's all just like positive taylor swift stuff for the most part if if you try to come in and infiltrate the taylor swift twitter they'll attack you 
to hell. I imagine these st- other Stan fan bases are just like they're positive about their people. Wrestling is not positive about its people at all. We hate everything. But wrestling Twitter like is fine. There's some good jokes. There's some good personalities and stuff. NBA Twitter is a level above that. The The personalities are way turned up. The jokes are way the, the turned jo- up. Yeah, the jokes are better. The jokes are better oh, on yeah. NBA Twitter. Yeah. The jokes are better. Oh, yeah. When Jericho tried to go after NBA Twitter, that ended so bad. He did not understand what he was about to get into. Like, he did not understand it at all. Because Jericho on wrestling Twitter, like, he'll have his detractors and stuff. But most people, they look at Jericho as a legend because he is. And they're like, ah, Chris, haha. And everybody on wrestling Twitter loves, like, a good, like, dunk. Like, oh, look at him. He just dunked on him. This is great. NBA Twitter don't care. Kevin Durant is on NBA Twitter. And people light this man up on on NBA Twitter. Kevin Durant's jumping into spaces and stuff on trying to defend himself and trying to defend people who know basketball. NBA Twitter doesn't care. They're like, Kevin Durant's here? Who cares? Th- this dude is just another random Twitter avatar to us. Not, not, you know, one of the greatest scorers of all time. They will go after that man. They don't care. So Chris Jericho jumping over to NBA Twitter. They didn't care who this man was, especially in the wrestling world. They lit him up. So Britney Twitter, though, they've been through it, right? Like all the Kevin Federline stuff, the conservative yes. ship stuff, the, the bald head. Ball. Yeah, like they have been through it. The Leave Britney Alone, that was that was like oh, one of the first man. big like social media memes, right? Like yes. Britney Twitter been through it. So NBA Twitter coming after them, Victor Wimbiana, who they don't, they have no idea who this guy is, right? He never played a basketball game. NBA before. NBA Twitter barely know who this guy is. Yeah. They I mean NBA Twitter will go after Wimbiana. After that first game, they're like, oh, this dude sucks, bust, like bowl bowl, French bowl bowl, and all this stuff. Like they did not care at all. NBA Twitter is French Bowl Bowl was a big one after the first game. They don't care at all right like but britney twitter was going after him as well like yeah, britney twitter been through it you you attacked our girl that's a wrap that's a wrap for that person <laughs> britney twitter is going after them so yeah britney twitter was hilarious after all of this stuff happened with the after that first game and everything with britney and then uh when biniana so man britney's an og you can't you can't disrespect the ogs like that you got to get it together wimby just apologize but, just but, apologize but you have to understand when Wimby when Wimby kind of was at the age of memory because i don't know about everybody else but for me my vivid memories start about from like five six years old so i would think that for most people it's around that age maybe a little bit uh a little bit you know old uh, younger than that, maybe a little bit older, who knows, but around that age is when you start having memories. By that age, Britney Spears wasn't, you know, the the mega star that we grew up. That's why I said you, you had to be there. It was a moment yeah. in time when yeah. Britney Spears was the number one pop star in the world. But for Victor Wenbenyama, it was just another another woman there at the at that, yeah. at that hotel or wherever it happened. He said that she grabbed him. She says she tapped him on the shoulder. Then they're going back and forth with those type of allegations. It's kind of crazy, but I mean, it's 2023. We need crazy stuff, I guess. 
you knew the video was coming out though like they got cameras everywhere in las vegas like you knew the video was coming out again just be like i didn't see what happened i didn't know who it was my security handled it sorry this became a thing this is where he just needs a smart pr person and to just be That's like true. look That's man true. i understand you might not know who britney spears is i get that but like here's all you gotta say just be like hey sorry didn't know what was going on. Didn't see what happened. I apologize to her. You don't have to say you're a fan. You don't have to lie like LeBron out here. I, I, Wimby going to be like, Brittany loved, loved the Oops, I Did It Again. I was, I was rocking out to that in my mom's belly. Loved Oops, I Did It Again. I told her about Oops, I Did It Again. Oops, I Did It Again was, the, was what my dad said to my mom <laughs> when I was conceived. <laughs> Oops, I Did It Again. You just, you, you know, you just, 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 this is when a smart PR person just needs to coach him, tell him, just say this. Okay. I get, you might not know who Britney Spears is. You got to understand this woman is loved by millions who is a big part of their childhood. All right. You got to understand a lot of your fan bases were in their mom's basement looking at these Britney Spears pictures. All right, you gotta you gotta get who Britney Spears is, and you just can't say anything negative about this woman. All these girls who might be fans of yours, they grow up idolizing this girl. Don't say nothing negative about Britney Spears. Just don't. And he should have learned from the whole, you know, save Britney campaign. They did a whole campaign to free her from her parent. Like that, that right there, I would never want to mess with that celebrity. I was like, with that type of fan base that will rally behind her and actually get her free from her dad, like, that's the fan base that I don't want to mess with. So, yeah, I agree with you. He should probably just kind of bow and realize who you're messing with, realize the fan base that you're messing with, and realize that the, the footage is right there. It's out there now. And you could just say, okay, I didn't know. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Let's move past this so we can focus on how you're doing on the court. And like you said, he had a great uh, second game. I think 24 points, 12 rebounds. He looked really good. And even in the first game, he looked good. And it, I, I kind of heard that from people that watched him uh, in the French League was that he'll start off and he'll try to get kind of into things, but he'll just look like a guy that like five minutes into the game, you're like, Oh, is he, is he, is this the guy worth the hype? And then after he feels a little bit comfortable, like the second quarter, third quarter, you start seeing those special moments. And we saw some of that in the first game. And then the second game, you could tell he was much more comfortable. And that's why he had a double double. So I want to focus on when Benyama on the court finally, because after all the hype, that's what we should be focused on and not hit me, baby, one more time. My loneliness is killing me, and I, I must confess, I still believe, still believe. When I'm not with you, I lose my life. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. That's a good song. That's a good man. I was in a Britney Spears. That's her first hit. First <laughs> hit. Oh my God. She ended up in the park. We, we up here singing it 30, 30 something years later. Came out the gate with that and the schoolgirl outfit. Look, man, I'm, I'm just speaking. 
for every middle school, high school male out there when Britney Spears was coming out. That's what we were watching. <laughs> that's Yo, what we were paying attention to. They, y'all don't realize how big Britney Spears was. How big TRL was. TRL, like, yeah. It was an afternoon staple. Yep. Like you get home as for you know when we were as kids growing up, you get home, you would watch a Pokemon. You would watch you know the, the Nickelodeon had the block with like Rocket Power, and then you get a little bit later, you would get the the Rugrats and stuff like that. But then when you got into your 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 preteens, your teenage years, it was TRL. TRL is where you wanted to wanted to watch when you got home. Carson Daly, and you would always see a Britney Spears music video. It didn't matter if, if she had an album out six months ago, eight months ago, she would still be in the top 10. Britney Spears was a staple of that TRL era. Her, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Eminem, Lip Biscuit, Corn. That's like that oh, a generation. Aguilera. Christina, Christina Aguilera, Aguilera yeah, yep. can't forget, can't forget Christina Aguilera. Yes, yeah. that's like a, a, a era, a era of music was right there. Uh, Ashok says his generation's favorite music were inspired by Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Britney was like, I, there were famous pop stars before that, Madonna, obviously. But like Britney was a, a different level of pop star for a new generation in a, in a more television and, and even online era uh, that, you know, Madonna wasn't really an online stuff. Um, the, the music video stuff, certainly. I like, I didn't grow up listening to a whole lot of Madonna, and that was not my generation of music. But Britney, certainly, that was my generation of music. And the, she was the biggest thing in the world when she came out. The absolute biggest thing in the world. So in a movie, she was in a movie. It sucked, but everyone had to act like it was good because Britney Spears was in it. Like... Am I lying, SP3? Like, we all... No, no, no. You're not lying. You're not lying. I just love the delivery. The delivery. We had to all act like it was good. Yeah. It wasn't. It was not. Crossroads? Yes, Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah, is what it was called. We all... When that movie came out, we were all like, oh, this Britney Spears movie, it's so good. Like, Britney's in it. This is great. And then, like, we, we all watched it. It was like... It was it was good and we couldn't say anything like good about it except that like Britney Spears looked good in it. That was like it. She's like, oh man, the music was good, but we couldn't actually say anything about like the acting or the story or whatever because like it sucked and we all knew it did, but nobody wanted to be mean about saying something negative about Britney Spears because it was just like you don't say anything negative about Britney. You just don't. Britney Britney Spears, even if you were like younger or the same age as her. They treated her like a like a like a child, like a child who's playing sports, and they're not really good at the sport. You're like you're like, yeah, you were there, you were there, you played, you played, you yeah. were there. You, you did good. You did good. You did good. good you did good. Good job. You were on the court. I saw you. You were running back and forth. I saw you. Yeah, you were there. Good job. But then, but then she got older, and then everybody just tore her down. Which you know, very famous South Park episode about that. Once she got, once she got older, and be like, all right, well now we can be just. We were way too nice about her here. Now we just got to be super mean about her here. And now, you know, nowadays, like this, honestly, led into just what we see nowadays, where it's like, all right, let's react to everything immediately. So I will 
switch back to basketball now. Wemby, first game, wasn't great. Just didn't have a good game. Didn't look like he had a great feel for the game at all. Positioning was off. Just missed some stuff that he probably should have. He missed a dunk, which is never a great sign. Chet missed a dunk in his first game back, too. I was very upset. Um, But just didn't look great in the first game. Second game looked a lot better. Looked a lot more like the guy he was hyped up to be. And we will... You know, we will see what happens moving forward. I will say this about summer league. Um, it's it's a lot one overreactions after one or two games, things like that. It's not the prettiest basketball in the world. I mean, it's a lot of like rookie f- or, or like first year, one year, two year players out there. It's mainly rookies and like one year guys and guys who like honestly won't have a spot in the rotation this year. It. And it's not it's not very organized as far as like how much they've played together and stuff. Like I'm sure these guys have only had like a couple weeks of practice together. The rosters just came out like a week before summer league started, so you can understand why it's not the most organized sport in the world. It's very just free for all basketball. And sometimes it looks very fun, and other times it just looks like just a disorganized mess, and you can't tell who's good out of any of this stuff. And I think that's why the good performances really stand out more. Like, Scoot didn't play a lot. He, he had to leave the game with the injury, but, like, he could tell he's just better than all of these guys. Uh, Jalen Williams, yeah. OKC player, you know, he was in the league last year, and he was good as, as a rookie for OKC last season. He played, like, one quarter. <laughs> it was a little bit more than that. Of Summer League this year, you could just tell you just tell he was just head and shoulders above everybody on the court in that game. Just like, yeah, he doesn't need to be here. And that's why he only played one game. He's like, yeah, we, we know Jalen's good. Like, we don't need to keep him in this game. Uh, but you can really tell, like, who doesn't really need to be there and who's actually going to be good. And then these other guys were just fighting for a spot. And it's not the prettiest basketball at times, but it's still basketball, right? It's still basketball. Yeah, I think that... When it comes to this draft class, Victor Wembenyama is going to come out and like 10 years from now, we'll say he was the best player. But I think that Scoot Henderson is the one that's most ready for the NBA right now. He seems like his body is ready. He's there mentally. He's there for the game. So that's why I think that they uh, they had to see where he was at with summer league. But yeah, you could tell that he's not he's not long for there. He's gonna be uh you know saving up for the regular season, and he's gonna have a great regular season, especially after they complete this trade with uh, Dame Lillard. Uh, as far as Victor Wembenyama. I think that now that he's comfortable, we're going to be seeing more performances like we saw in that second game with the double-double. I think he's going to be doing that more consistently with Summer League, despite how you said the style is there. And we just need to understand that Victor Wimbanyama, number one overall pick, he's going to be a, a star or he's going to be a bust. But at the end of the day, right now, he could say he's lucky. They could say, he's so lucky. He's a star, but he cry, cry, cries in his lonely heart thinking, is there nothing missing in my life? Then why do these tears come at night? That's a good song. It is so good. So good. 
Love the, you know, she put out banger pop songs, but she could also do the the nice, slow, like feelings in your feelings songs as well. Yes. It's a good song. Yeah. Um, like the team he's playing with in the Spurs, it's not a good team as an NBA team. Their summer league team certainly ain't much better. Uh, so <laughs> he's not playing with the, the best players in the world around him either. I don't know. That Spurs team's just not very good. I mean, there's a reason why they're drafted number one overall anyway. Like, I understand they won the lottery. Um, and they weren't the actual worst team in the league this past season, but it's not a good team on paper. No. They got pop and pop is going to, he's going to make them competitive, especially now that he's got a talented centerpiece to to build around, but we'll see when it comes to Wimby. I, I think he's going to be good. I think that people are really worried about his, his frame. And this is the same stuff. Uh, saw a lot about Chet and everything. Here's the thing. When you watch in, in summer league, there's only a handful of guys in the league that like really bully people in the post like that. Like yeah. there's Embiid, there's Jokic. Otherwise, there's not a whole lot of like bigs and stuff that are just gonna bully people in the post and like post up like like that. And what Victor and Chet do is they're great at just deterring drives and it's a, it's a drive heavy league. It's not really a post-up league or anything. So, and they're great at just deterring drives and they're, they obviously have very long arms. They can get, uh, get their hands up, get their arms out and everything. And like, they just alter shots in that way. Chet, certainly uh, a lot of volleyball blocks where he just goes up with both hands and just kind of goes like that, like a lot of volleyball blocks uh for him in summer league and i hope it translates to the nba because you know he plays for my team um but i don't think their their frame is going to be as big of an issue as a lot of people make it out to be there there will be some instances where they may get bullied on the block a little bit like you get somebody like lebron who kind of drives stops in the restricted area like underneath the basket and then you try to get like a body on him and he'll just kind of bully you out of the way go up put it in you get bigger guys like that they'll be able to do that to guys like chet and victor but again these guys have such long arms though that like even if you knock them out of the way a little bit if even if they're a step back if they time their jump right they can still get their arms out and deter it a little bit so i don't think you're gonna see too much of an issue with them just getting like fully like being being bullied around uh the restricted area and stuff because there just aren't a lot of people who play that kind of a game at this point, at least not consistently. Like, will it happen? Like I said, on like a play here and a play there. Yes. It happens to, it, it happens to Rudy Gobert it, it, on a play or two, every single game. Like the NBA players are strong breaking news. Like they're, they're strong and they, they understand what they're doing uh, around the rim and stuff. So it's just going to happen, but I don't think it's going to be like, Oh man, you're just going to be able to take advantage of this guy every single time down the court because nobody plays that way anymore there's two guys who play that way and they're gonna do that every time sure then they'll win those games but otherwise nobody really plays that way but when you look at those two players you look at the two players that account for the last three 
NBA MVPs, regular season. Yeah, so they're doing MVPs. it to everybody. So, so yeah, that, that means that this is what a lot of these teams are going to want to want because those are the standard bearers right now in the NBA. So I understand the, you know, the fan base that wants Victor to kind of put on some size, put on some weight. And this has been a topic of discussion with draft picks coming into the league since really it became more prominent after Kevin Durant. Because I felt like Kevin Durant looked like a stick figure when he got drafted from Texas. And over time, he put on weight. And that's naturally what a lot of these NBA players are going to do due to the regiment. They have never dealt with an NBA regiment before this. And I think by naturally just getting a part of that, making that part of your daily routine, it's going to put some weight on Victor. He's going to be more in the post. So that's why, you know, you use summer league, you use training camp, you use practice to kind of work on your post moves, because when you are that guy, that size, seven foot five, if he can find some of the skills that uh, uh, Joel Embiid, that, uh, Nikola Jokic has, he's going to be the most unstoppable player in the league. If you have the post moves, if you could already do the style of play that he's already doing, he's going to be the most unstoppable player in the league. And for Chet Holmgren, he's going to be an all-star. He's going to be a potential superstar in this league if he puts on the weight, if he can work on his post moves. So I think that, yeah, it is kind of a lost art, like you said, because there's only two guys that kind of make it a routine and are very successful with it. But more people need to when that is the two guys that is making it work, then, okay, we need to find more guys who can make that work as well. I, it's not so much when it comes to Embiid and Jokic, though, that they bully people in the post. I mean, they do. Embiid, certainly. But, like, Jokic is a lot of just, like, footwork and stuff. You don't see Jokic, yeah. like, fully. He'll, he'll post up. He'll back smaller guys down. And whatnot, but it's not like he's it's not like Shaq where he's just completely bullying a guy all the way back to the basket and then getting an easy dunk. Like Jokic will get into his spot, give him a little shove, head fake and stuff, but then it's just all footwork. It's like, oh, going this way, going that way, like a little dream shake type of move, or obviously like the passing and stuff. And Embiid, Embiid's a little bit more of a of a bully in the post, but again, it's just it's footwork stuff. And when you're somebody like Chet or, or somebody like uh, Wimby, like the footwork is what's going to matter. And you're so tall as well, especially Wimby. Like the footwork is going to matter. And then just being able to shoot over guys. Like, so take Kevin Durant for example, is he yeah, not a guy who bullies people in the post, but he loves his, his high post touch. Loves it. I watched enough OKC. I think everybody's seen enough tape on Kevin Durant to know he wants the ball in his spot uh, near basically the, the free throw line on, on the side. Like he, he just wants his touches there more power to him. And what he does is he's, he doesn't back anybody down into the paint or whatever. He'll give him a couple of shoulders to the body and stuff, but then it's just, let me shoot the fade. Cause I'm Kevin Durant and I'm taller than you. And you're not going to be able to block this shot. Dirk same way. And that's what like Chet and Wimby just need more than like, hey, let me bully this guy down into into the block and then just dunk on him easily. And like they'll but, be able to. But do the reason the reason that worked for Dirk and Kevin Durant is because they did have excellent post post moves. Kevin Durant, yeah. Kevin Kevin Durant can can you know he can uh you know put his put it uh, you know 
go go front face and go triple threat and get any way to the basket that he wants or get any shot that he wants. He can do a fadeaway. He could do, you know, the pump fake dream shake, like you said. He could do all that stuff. Same with uh with uh Dirk Nowinski. He does a couple of pump fakes. You're in the air and he's at the basket, or he's shooting a fadeaway, or he's shooting a three right over your head. So, like I think both of those guys, they have great post moves. And I think that the fan base that is wanting, you know, Chet and Victor to put on weight and work on their post moves want more post players like that because the Dirks are out of this league. Kevin Durant is on his last legs. We need more guys like that that work like that. I'm fine with post moves. That I'm completely fine with that. I don't need these guys. I just don't think like putting on a bunch of size and everything and hey, be a back to the basket bully player. This is what I hated, absolutely hated about I think it was Skip. I apologize if it was one over one other of those like talking heads. Maybe it was Stephen A. Like yeah. one of one of these ESPN Fox Sports One talking heads, whatever, are like Jokic. He just doesn't dominate in the post like Shaq. Just doesn't dominate like that. And basically, what they're saying is Jokic does not just bully people down in the post. He does not just put his back to the basket and just bully a guy all the way into the front row for an easy dunk because that's what Shaq did. But what Jokic does do is he gets the ball where he likes it, does has excellent footwork, maybe the best footwork in the league, has excellent fakes, and then he scores. He scores with either a little hook shot, he scores with a little up and under or a little, you know, fate, whatever it is, but he scores and and somebody posted the stat of like, do you know the most efficient play in basketball? It's a Jokic post up. Because every time he gets the ball in that spot, he scores or creates for others. To me, if it's the most efficient play, it seems like he's dominating from that spot. But we have this definition of dominating because of Shaq that it's like, oh, you just got to completely overpower and dunk on your opponent. And that's that's, money Mark says Stephen A. And that's not what it is. So I don't need these guys to put on a bunch of size so they could just completely shove the guy into the rafters. I just need them to have good footwork into just create have a move or two underneath the post that they can you know get get to their spots and and hit their shot like that's what i need from i don't care about Wimby he's not on my team that's what i want from chet though and chet was showing that Wimby, a little bit in summer Wimby. um chet, chet I, was showing that in summer league last year he had the dirk fade he had that dirk fade once i was like oh it's over for the league and then he I think for most of like that generation, as far as like Stephen A and Skip, like we were in me and you, like our age, were in our teenage years during Shaq's era of dominance, and they were in like their thirty-year-old years, like what we're in now. So when we see amazing players like Nikola Jokic, like a Giannis, like a LeBron, like a uh, Stephen Curry, we're gonna be like. We're going to view it a lot differently than we saw those players when we were in their teenage years. When we get older, when we're 50 years old, we're going to be like, oh, that Giannis, man, that Giannis, man, you should have saw him. You should have been there. You should have been there for him. Uh, But I think for them, that's how they look at Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal was like this just dominant player. They had seen nothing like it since Will Chamberlain, and they want more players like that. So I think that's why the Stephen A's of the world, the Skips of the world, they really glorify someone like a Joel Embiid 
over a Nikola Jokic because it ain't pretty. It ain't about the footwork sometimes with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid can make it look pretty, can do a fadeaway. He could do a hook shot. But wow. most of the time, he's going he's gonna to back you down. Wow. He's going to be flopping, flapping, and falling, and falling before he even gets to the conference finals. So that is what he does on that end. And then you see what Nikola Jokic did this past season and winning the NBA championship. So I think that's why they mainly do that. And I know what you're looking for as far as uh, Chet. And like Money Mark said, Chet added uh, 13 pounds. So like I said, it's naturally going to happen. When you're in that NBA regimen, you're going to add on the pounds. And it's about the footwork. It's about the post moves. It's about what you can add to your game to make you the, a complete player. I don't I don't care if he powers people down in the post. Again, there aren't many guys who do that. That's not just how the league is anymore. And just guys aren't uh traces and no one's built like Shaq nowadays. Yeah, the you're not gonna add enough weight and strength and stuff to be able to to play like Shaq when your frame is that yes you can add muscle you can add weight and everything your your frame will naturally just you'll grow into it a little bit more but like Shaq was just he was literally built different and guys just aren't built like Shaq anymore and guys who are kind of kind of bigger like that like they don't even have like much of a spot in the league anymore just because nobody plays that style like DeAndre Jordan was built like that Right. And of course, the Dallas Mavericks wanted to, you know, turn their entire offense into DeAndre Jordan before uh, the Clippers kidnapped him and kept him in, in Los Angeles. But, you know, DeAndre Jordan, this was literally the Mavericks when they tried to sign DeAndre. They're like, we're going to build our offense around yep. you. We're going to turn you into Shaq. And the Clippers are like, no. Like DeAndre Jordan was built like that, but it's just not, guys just aren't Shaq. We gotta let go of this idea that literally anybody is Shaq. Even guys who are built like Shaq, they ain't Shaq. Okay. Uh Louis says Zion is six six Shaq. Yeah, if Zion could stay healthy, that would be great. But I don't even think they want Zion kind of doing that because Zion is such just an explosive type player that like him driving and, and doing things like that is more of what they want. Can he bully people? Yes, but they but then Zion, like his size becomes an issue like i understand he's sick he's he is like thick on the frame and stuff but like zion ain't really backing down like a rudy gobert or something yeah and i'm not even high on rudy gobert but gobert's just taller get his arms up he can he can make shots very difficult for him. anthony davis anthony davis is very athletic can be shaq-esque certainly his pride now injuries have kind of ruined it but like no, he I mean, you should have saw him in the playoffs 30 and 23 that's shaq numbers that's Shaq. I, I don't think I, I don't think we ever saw a Laker player do that in the playoffs since Shaq. I I saw him get roasted by Nikola Jokic in the playoffs. Is that the playoffs we're referring to? Is that what we're talking about? I'm just asking a question. SP3. Has your you team won a championship lately? I, my pick, the Denver Nuggets. The, your your, your pick, yeah. Changing words. There you go. The team, the team that I supported all season. <laughs> Won a championship, yes. Yeah. The team whose bandwagon I jumped on. <laughs> that was not a bandwagon jumping. That was a, I'm supporting my my pick of winning the NBA Finals. We just got to let go of this idea that like anybody is Shaq. All right, that's yeah. that's what we got to do. We just got to let go of this. And look, Shaq is great. Shaq in NBA 2K, I love using him because he will just dominate everybody and it rules. But like, we just got to let go of this idea that like anybody's going to play 
like Shaq nowadays. 10 years from now, when we're doing this show on ESPN, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be on there. There's gonna be some guard that comes into the league. Like, why doesn't he shoot like Steph Curry? Why doesn't he play like Steph Curry? That's what I need out of out of this guard. Well, well, kindergartner. He's this man's in kindergarten right now. And we're gonna be like, he should be like Steph Curry. It's like we just kind of like all oh, the idea, like Steph Curry is one of one. There's a reason. We do it nowadays with even play, like Trey Young. They were like, Trey Young, why isn't he more like Steph Curry? Like, should Trey Young develop some habits that Steph Curry has? Yes. Should he move off the ball more to try to create more looks for himself and everything? Yes, he should. We just got to let go of some of these comparison ideas, and we just got to realize some of these guys just are who they are, and we've got to just hope that they, especially if they're on our team, hope that they improve certain things. And for Chet, and look, I if I was a Hawks fan, I would certainly be like, why doesn't Trey Young move off the ball more and create more shots for himself like Steph Curry does? I would be yelling at this man all the time. For Chet, I don't need him to be like Shaq. I would like him to continue to work on some footwork, work on the fadeaways. I, I'm good if he's like if he's just kind of like Dirk-esque, a little a little Jokic passing, passing wise and everything, because OKC runs a lot of motion offense and we got good players, but like that that's what I need out of Chet. And just, you know, be able to hit threes because Josh Giddy is going to get him uh, a lot of great looks. Josh Giddy, the Josh Giddy is Jokic, by the way. That's shorter Jokic. Jokic is just a tall Josh Giddy. That's all it is. With worse hair. Much worse hair. What are we even talking about anymore? Much worse hair. Let, let's talk about Dame Lillard and... Why? Why? Because it's happening, y'all. I said it. I said it last week. I said it last week. I, I put it out into the universe. That Dame Little was going to request the trade. I put it out into the universe our last episode. I gave y'all the fake Woj tweet. And it came to fruition. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I am Negro Domus once again. Uh, we got Dame Lillard possibly wanting to be trade to the Miami Heat. We got James Harden who has opted to his last year of his player option. And he wants to be traded. He's requested a trade from the Philadelphia 76ers. So, Jeremy Lambert, where do you see Dame Lillard going? Where do you see James Harden going? Dame's going to Miami because he's told everybody, his agent has told everybody, don't trade me here. I'm only going to. This is the most, this is the most bitch made move I've ever seen, by the way. What? What? No, nope. why not? It's the why? smartest thing I've seen. In it's quite some bitch time. made. Bitch made, smart, same difference, I guess. Uh, but oh, no, absolutely it's, not. Like, just, just marvelous. Marvelous. No, they're spelled. Di- they're spelled differently. They have different meanings. They are completely two different terms. SP three. Bitch made does not mean smart. Bitch made means you're being a little bitch. He's not being a bitch. He knows where he wants to go. He did his, his like, okay, let me, he did his, what, his Corey and Depang When Corey decided between Topanga and Lauren, he put marbles in the scale and made sure, and one side to the other, and it was like Miami, Philadelphia, and Topanga won. And Topanga is Miami Heat. This is complete bitch-assness. In the word of Diddy, bitch assness. 
from Damian Lillard. You signed a deal. You signed a four or five year contract, whatever it was with Portland. You didn't put a no trade clause in there like Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal could pick his destination, could pick his return, which I think was stupid. Washington was stupid for giving him this, by the way. He could pick all this. Dame signed a contract. You have your agent telling teams like, hey, if he shows up here, he's not going to be unhappy. That's bitch made. You signed the contract. Go play. Go play there. To whatever team trades you. Clearly the team that trades you wants you there. If you if you want to play in Miami, sign with them as a free agent. This is just players holding power over everything. And I'm all for player empowerment, by the way. Good. Player These empowerment. Player empowerment. These players should get paid more. They should get more. I mean, they have a good revenue split, especially compared to other leagues. But like they 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 are the ones who drive the league. Without the players, there is no league, right? So I get that. But you got to understand that like Portland has the contract situation here. They should trade you wherever they see fit. But now you're holding up other franchises who might want to trade you, who might be like, you know what, Damian Lillard on our team, that makes us really good. That sells us tickets. That sells tickets to our fan base. We could compete with Damian Lillard. But wait, he's not going to come here? He's going to hold out? I don't think Dame's actually holding out at all if he gets traded to another team. I think somebody should call his bluff. And I understand why they don't they don't call his bluff because they don't want to have to deal with that. But some teams should call his bluff. Like, you're just going to sit out for three years. You're just going to waste basically the last three years of your career because he's 33. Like, he ain't going to be that good at 36, not having played basketball for three years. So they should call his bluff on this. If I'm, if I'm another team, like, sure. This is what you're going to do. We'll see. We'll see if that's what you're going to do. Cause I don't think he actually does. I think he goes out there. I think he plays. It's so lame that he's doing this. So, so lame. Yeah. Anthony Davis did this. Here's the difference between what, which I didn't like that Anthony Davis did it because that was a clearly designed move to get him to the Lakers and stuff. At least the Lakers had a trade package to offer the, the, the Pelicans. There was nothing wrong. You got a young Lonzo ball. You got a young Brandon Ingram. Who else is that? Kyle Kuzma. No, Kuzma wasn't in that deal. Um, the Josh Pelicans Hart. got handsomely rewarded for Anthony Davis. They got they Josh got, Hart was in that deal. They got yep. first round picks out of that. That wasn't a bad trade package. Could another team have beaten it? Yeah, probably. Another team probably could have beaten that. But at least you got a young player like Brandon Ingram, a young player like Lonzo Ball. Like you got some good young pieces out of that. Miami's given up Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is a nice 20-point scorer, which I understand is valuable in the league, who plays no defense, whose team just went to the NBA Finals without him. How important is this man? And he plays in a position where you already have Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and now Scoot Henderson. You've already got enough guards. You don't need another guard if you're Portland. And that's why they don't want to do this deal. That's why they don't want to do this deal because they're like, we have no use for Tyler Hero. None. That's why they're trying to trade Tyler Hero to another team to make this a three-team deal. Guess what? Other teams don't want Tyler Hero either because they're like, we're going to pay $40 million for a guy who gives you like 20 points, plays no defense, and needs a bunch of shots. No, nobody wants to do that. Absolutely nobody wants to. But it's lame. The Washington Wizards. Wizards, Mike. But it's lame. Because this is what Lillard has decided. This is the only team 
he wants yeah. to go to. You're telling me if OKC made an offer of, and they would never do this, if they made an offer of Jalen Williams, a, a gaggle of first round picks, and and Lou Dort, that Dame would be like, wait, Shay, me, Giddy, Chet, this is a nice team here. Nope, not gonna do it. Only want to go to Miami. That's it. That's super super lame. On his Shay plays the same position as him, so. Can't make that work. Can't make Shea that can work. Shake can play the two. Shake can nah, play the two. I don't think Dude, it's Dame's gonna work. being up. I don't think it's gonna work. Well, hey, Dame Bitches. wants to be in LA. Let I mean he would no, he would I wish he wanted he to be, be in, in Miami. LA. He wants to be in Miami. He wants to be with the Eastern Conference champions, which would instant instantly make them the favorite in the East arguably make them the favorite for the NBA championship next year. And I said this on the last episode. I'll say it again. Dame Lillard is the missing element, the missing piece for the Miami Heat. You got Coach Spo. You got Pat Riley. Their front office, their, their, you know, their management, they're on stack. They're coaching elite. They just needed a scorer on the court. They needed a scorer and a point guard, and Dame Lillard checks both boxes. He does. Look, I love Dame in Miami. That's a great fit for them. Absolutely. They should want Damian Lillard on their team, and I look forward to watching Damian Lillard on that team when he's inevitably traded to Miami because he will get traded to Miami. That's just how these things end. This is the difference between me and you, though, SP3, is you're a Lakers fan. And you're used to everything just being handed to you. All these players who want to go to the Lakers. Oh, LeBron wants to come here. The Lakers have been incompetent for years, but LeBron just decides like, oh yeah, I'm going to come to LA. Anthony Davis wants to force his way to LA. The Lakers just get all of this stuff handed to them because they're the Los Angeles Lakers and they're a big market team. And so you understand Miami's position of like, hey, yeah, Star wants to come here. I agree with that. I have 100% agree with that this is great because that's what you're used to as well i'm in a different position where nobody wants to play for the team and portland by the way that's your fault that's no 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 no. here's what i'm saying and here's what i'm saying portland by the way screwed up way more than okc ever did you're telling me okc didn't build a good team around kevin durant wasn't trying to make good moves for kevin durant and everything absolutely not i'm in the position of a small market team where it's like my team's never been able to get like these star players who request to come here. OKC had to take a risk to get Paul George because Paul George, much like Damian Lillard, was like, I only want to play in LA. I want to leave Indiana and I only want to play in LA. And then OKC was like, you know what? One year left on his deal. We got to do something to to help out Russell Westbrook. Again, very kind to their franchise player, Russell Westbrook. We're going to do it. We're going to trade Oladipo and Sabonis and we're going to get Paul George for one year. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, you know what? We scared money don't make none. In the words of, in the words of Wu Tang Clan and the great Sam Presti, scared money don't make none. They took the risk on Paul George. Paul George re-signed with the team. They sold him enough to where he re-signed with the team. He asked out a year later. Yeah, I get that. At least he had the decency to ask out a year later. And then he went to a team where we knew he wanted to go to the Clippers, but they still got a great return package. If they got the Clippers package without Shea, let's say they didn't get Shea he, he, in this return he, package. That package sucked. That he didn't go sucked. to y'all and say, and say, oh, I want to leave a year later. He went in the middle of the night. Like a, like a, like a cat a year burglar. later, though. 
a cat burglar, like a cat burglar, a year later, a year later, after he signed, read up with y'all for multiple years, a year later, he was like a cat burglar. It was like, I'm going to LA. Let me just. At least he bag. wanted to go to a team that had some assets to trade. So we got Shea and a gaggle of picks. That's so, so, fine. So it's a bitch made move because Miami doesn't have the assets. Yes, the assets is a big issue with this. If Miami could... It could be Miami, bad for Portland and not be a bitch-ass move. If Miami gave up Bam, I'm fine with this. They ain't giving up Bam. No, you got, you, got to keep, you got to keep the big three together. It's all about the big three. No, but th- this is why it's also a bad move because they're not giving up anything. They're giving up Tyler Hero. If they gave and draft they, picks, these draft picks aren't going to be good. If Miami gave up Bam in the deal, it's a fine move. It the yes, the trade, the actual return package matters on this. The return package does matter on it. That's why I said like Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, I didn't like that he got to pick L.A. either. I thought that was a bitch move, but. At least the the return package wasn't terrible. If they had, if LA had just given up Lonzo, they got to keep Ingram. They just gave up Lonzo, Josh Hart, and picks. I'm like, nah, this package sucks. This is terrible. You're telling me somebody couldn't beat this, but they had to give up both of them. And I understand. No, Trey's saying, why would you trade Bam? You wouldn't, especially if you don't have to. And Miami no. doesn't have to because Dame has forced his way into Miami. Miami would 100% have to throw in Bam if another team came in there and actually stepped up and was going to trade for him, but they won't because they're also scared because they're scared of, we don't want an unhappy Damian Lillard here. So Miami would have to trade Bam. I'm, I'm trying to think of but another the only, team. The only teams that can probably give a better package is if Boston is ready to move on from Jalen Brown yes. and they can include Jalen Brown in the trade. Yeah. And, I don't think the Philadelphia 76ers can give them anything. Even if you if you throw in Maxie. a Tyrese Maxie. A Tyrese, Maxie. Ma- Tyrese Ma- even if you throw in a Tyrese Maxi, I would I wouldn't say that's that's kind of levels Maxie above is- a Tyler a Tyler Hero trade yes, he with Miami. I wouldn't no, say No, Maxi is way say. better than Tyler Hero. Way better. On a cheaper cost controlled contract. But so, Philadelphia doesn't even want to trade Maxi. They don't. They don't. Yeah, I'm saying the the package would be better though. Maxi is way better than, than Tyler Hero. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Are you kidding me? If Boston was like, hey, yeah, that's the best. We're going to give you Jalen Brown. Then yeah, Miami would have to be like, all right, we got to throw in Bam. And if you're Miami, you don't want to trade Bam. Fine, I understand that. If you only are trying to trade Hero, fine, I get that. But yeah, th- so Trey is saying I would see a three team trade to get Dame to Miami if Portland doesn't want Hero. That's what they're working on. Here is the secret. That's not really a secret. Nobody wants Tyler Hero. Nobody. <laughs> no team actually wants Tyler Hero. Because Tyler Hero, he made a face. He went like that three years ago in a bubble game in the finals where Jimmy Butler, by the way, had a triple-double, a 40-point triple-double. But all people remember about this game is Tyler Hero went. And people were like, oh, man, that's Jordan. That's Kobe. That's the next Jordan and Kobe. Right. People were saying that after that bubble game because he did a snarl. It looked like oh, powerhouse God. Hobbs, mute myself, hey, with his little snarl. And people were like, Tyler Hero, he's great. What has Tyler Hero done actually on the court? On the court since that game. He's had some nice scoring seasons where he does nothing else. 
He don't play any defense. He didn't get others involved. He doesn't make guys around him better. And it's a position that they already have. They already have plenty of guards. They do not need another guard. It's a terrible trade package. But Miami can just give him, they can give them that trade package because that's where he wants to go. No other team is going to compete with the trade well, package. You literally, you is, literally said, are being a bitch. You literally said that Tyler Hero is the equivalent of Bradley Beal as far as production. As far as production before. When we were talking about, when I talked about Bradley Beal potentially going to Miami in a Hero trade there. But now we're saying that Hero's not good enough for Miami. I mean, for Portland. And I understand they have a they have a bunch of a bunch of guards, but hey, just make it a three team trade. Get another team in there. Washington selling. Uh, who else is selling? Who else is selling that would just get would just grab them up just to have them and then buy them? Nobody buy clearly out. because nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing Washington, it. Did somebody Washington, step up do it? Washington said our yard sale is over, folks. We're done. We're done here. We done. We done. Uh, traded Pazingas. Traded uh, Bradley Beal. We're done with the with the mark with the yard sale. So we're not going to get involved here. Brooklyn is a good one from Money Mark. Hey, what's Brooklyn? Ben Simmons. Nobody wants Ben Simmons either. That is true. That is true. The, uh, the I think pet. the Hornets are going to start are going to start selling like that. The Hornets ain't got nobody to offer either. No, see, none of these teams have anything good to offer. For this and everybody's trying to lowball everybody and they're doing it because dame is trying to force his way into one team so teams know it's like well you have to trade tyler hero you if you're portland well you got to trade tyler here you don't actually want him so yeah i will lowball you on this tyler hero deal i'll just give you a bunch of seconds and so then if you're if you're portland what do you end up with in a damian lillard trade Max Vincent, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, whatever, whichever guy they're they're getting out of this. Nikola Jovic, who might be good. I don't know. Hey, he's going to be good, y'all. Look at that name. Look at that name. Some terrible first. Some some terrible first over the next couple years. And Tyler Hero. And then you flip Tyler Hero for what? Some seconds? Maybe a first? Who knows what else? The, the, the value isn't there. Like, I'm probably being mean to Tyler Hero. A lot of people in the chat defending yes. uh, Tyler Hero right now. Oh, Gabe and Max, what are they giving up then? What are they giving up? Kyle Lowry? Yeah, Gabe, the, Gabe is in LA. Gabe Vincent, yeah. which is yeah, part Max of the reason like, why the Los Angeles Lakers had the best free no. agency. That just came out of nowhere I, because we weren't even planning to get Gabe Vincent. It just fell into our laps. I'm probably being mean. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. He's, he couldn't even play. He only played because Tyler Hero got hurt. They were paying that man $20 million to sit on the bench all season. It's crazy. Crazy. Look, I'm being mean to Tyler Hero. You I are. I know. It's because I don't think – because there's just better package out of there, and I don't like that Damian Lillard is forcing his way into this where Tyler Hero is the best player. And I do think Miami's system has a little bit to do with why Tyler Hero – is as good as he's been playing because look what they did with guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. I don't know how Gabe Vincent and, and Struess are going to be on other teams. I don't, we're going to find out 
with Gabe in LA. You're very high on this. I'm a little iffy of like, hey, he shot well in the playoffs, but otherwise during the regular season, he was like a non-factor. Is this going to happen? Uh, like, is this going to happen? That was the spark. That was the, the spark, spark. That, yes. that that's going to lead to him being a more consistent player. I'm looking forward to what he can do on this team. He could potentially, if he start if he starts playing co- very consistently, he could be the starter in the playoffs for us uh, if we make it that far. Because you know, reciting D'Angelo Russell, he needed a strong backup, and I think Gabe Vincent fills that role very very well. As far as uh, you know. The other pickups, I think the only one that I have some disagreement with is Rui Hashimura. I feel like we overpaid for Rui Hashimura. Uh, but I think that balances us out because we're supposed to – people were talking about $100 million. $100 million for Austin Reeves. Four years, $56 million. Man, we had coupons. We had discount cards. We had gift cards when we went to free agency. We was like, we got a gift card on him. We need a him for a, for a discount. And they were like, him. And Austin Reeves was right there for us to pick up four years, $56 million. That was a discount. And I'm so happy about that. Uh, you know, and even the contract that we got D'Angelo Russell on, I thought that was a smart move. And I thought that we paid him his value after his performance in the playoffs. And then the other pickups, I felt like we took flyers really on the gate on Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes, and they could be really good role players for us. And Torian Prince, I thought was a, was a huge pickup early on in free agency. All in all, I think the Lakers have firmly positioned themselves in the two spot. As far as the Western conference, as far as Western conference, of right now on July, what is it? 11th. 11th, 2023. We are the second best team in the Western Conference. That's a very bold claim. Very bold claim. I like what LA did. They 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 did make some nice role-playing moves. They got guys who theoretically work well with LeBron and and Anthony Davis. It's obviously still gonna come down to just a lot of health of LeBron. And Anthony Davis, like that's what it's going to be for them. If Davis is hurt, they're not the same team. If LeBron is hurt, they're they're not the same team. So, but they got guys who fill nice roles around them. Nothing wrong with it. Some of them might be a little risky. Uh, like Gabe Vincent, people seem to like him. And I, how much they put a lot of stock into that playoff performance. And if that playoff performance, uh, you know, holds, then hey, that's a nice pickup. If he kind of is who we showed sort of more in the regular season, then that could be a little bit of a, of a risky move. Is it an upgrade over Schroeder? Like that, that's the, the big question. That's there. the difference. Like is, yeah. Yeah. Like, is it an upgrade over Schroeder? We, we shall, we shall see. Um, I think Schroeder could be his shooting was what it was, but like he was going to attack the basket. He was going to put pressure on the rim and he, he was feisty on defense. Was he the best defender? I don't know. Uh, but he, he was at least feisty and could compete. Gabe Vincent, I think his reputation as a defender, a little overblown from the playoffs, uh, especially as a one-on-one defender. As a team defender, like he fit into the team defense, fine. The team defense is obviously going to be a little bit different in LA, they just play a different style. It's a, it's a fine pickup. 
for for Alec. And and I like the the Cam Reddish. I've always I'm always willing to take a flyer on a guy like that. Same with Jackson Hayes until he starts just like jacking up shots and stuff. Yeah, the contracts are nice. Like at the trade deadline, they can move them. They gave themselves some good flexibility with stuff. It was a good offseason for for the Los Angeles Lakers. Are they the two? Maybe. I mean, the Nuggets are still there. They lost Bruce Brown. The Nuggets are the ones. Yeah, but the Nuggets took a step back. Yeah, they lost Bruce Brown. They lost Jeff Green. Nuggets had a bad uh, free agency, honestly. I mean, they they didn't really gain anyone. Uh, They got got some... You're hoping for internal development from a guy like Christian Brown when it comes to... uh, uh, kind of almost stepping up and, and replacing Bruce Brown in a, in a bigger role there. They still got their core guys. And so that those core guys are championship core. So that's, that's obviously a big deal. I don't, maybe the nuggets are done. Maybe they're not. We'll, we'll see if they decide to trade anybody else. The the Kings are a team that, you know, they were a three seed last year. They didn't, they kind of kept their entire team together. And that's, again, you're hoping for just internal improvement and everything. The Grizzlies are an odd team I got, because I got the go Kings at either four or five. Okay. The Grizzlies Phoenix, are Phoenix at three. Okay. Phoenix is obviously going to be good defensively. We'll, we'll see how that, how it all looks on paper, but they, certainly got the firepower i kind of liked what phoenix did in the offseason they got again just nice role players who fill needs for that team because they got their team in order with their their top four and we'll see if a deandre ayton trade materializes at some point during the season as well so i phoenix is in a good position memphis they're not going to have job but i do like the marcus smart pickup for them um i memphis is they've proven to be a good regular season team playoffs like after that, you never know. Um, but they, they've they proven to be a good regular season team. They're clearly well coached. They they grind out games. They they play they play good team basketball. Their offense does absolutely nothing, and I don't think their offense is going to get any better, uh, especially for the games Jaw is going to miss. Um, but look, I think their defense is going to just give teams in the regular season an absolute nightmare, uh, and I think they'll win a lot of games that way. I. I like. I still believe in what the Warriors did. I like the Chris Paul trade. They added Dario Sarch. They just added smart players. They added, they just added smart basketball players, and that's how they won the title two years ago. Is they just got veteran play guys with high basketball IQs, and that's what they have now. They're still going to need Clay to be good. He was not good in the playoffs. They're they're going to need Draymond to you know he still runs that defense, and Steph will I assume be Steph unless Steph for some reason takes a step back uh houston is saying houston should make the playoffs if dylan brooks doesn't screw up that's a bold thing because like that's still a young team go ahead i think people need to kind of temper their expectations with these young teams like i i made a bold take and a bold prediction at the beginning of last season and said oklahoma city thunder were gonna be in a plan and i wound up being right but i think that was my boldest of predictions outside of laughing at the nuggets winning the nba championship i think that was the boldest but second boldest second boldest was saying okc in the play-in but that was only because uh, my belief in she she gildress alexander in my belief in the young players and the what they're kind of developing as far as a culture in oklahoma city right now but 
it's very rare for these young teams to even get into that position. Houston is still one or two years away from even being in a play-in or a permanent play-in position where I feel confident making that prediction. So I think people need to temper their expectations as far as Houston. But I agree with most of what you said. I think uh, I think Golden State Warriors have eased back on my criticism of the Chris Paul move. Does the Chris Paul move improve Golden State Warriors? Still, I'm at a no. But you re-signed Draymond Green. You got a lot of the still the core players on your team. You have a bunch of shooters on that team as well to work around Chris Paul and Steph Curry. It's all going to be about can Chris Paul accept the backup position and work with the second unit in the way that he can and that can make the team overall better for Golden State Warriors. So that's why I have the Warriors at probably fifth, only because I'm not as confident in the Chris Paul the Chris Paul pickup. I think it's Sacramento, then Golden State right now for the Western Conference. Okay. Uh, to to go to to Houston again, like they got a lot of good young players, uh, and then they added Dylan Brooks, they added Fred Van Vliet. You know, does this stunt the growth? of the young players. Do the young players now get less opportunity because of these guys do Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks come in. It's like, we want to win. We want to compete, but the young guys just ain't, ain't there yet. That, that team was a mess last year. And now they got Ime, who is a, obviously a very good coach. He, he coached the Celtics to the uh, finals. He was a very good coach and everything. But then you also have to look at, okay, who are they jumping as well? Cause that team was almost the, the worst team in the West last season. So to go into the playoffs, you got to jump teams at that. Are they better than Minnesota? Are they better than than Oklahoma City? Are they better than New Orleans? Yeah. Do, do Fred Van Vliet, um, Dylan Brooks, and Eme like make that big of a difference? Where they got to jump these teams as well. It's not just like, oh, hey, they look better, but yeah, they they do. But now are they better than these teams as well? It's gonna. I, I'm not saying I'm not willing to think that Houston is like, oh yeah, this is a team that is is now going to be a playoff team because of these moves. I, I think Fred Van Vliet's good. And Dylan Brooks is who he is. Um, I do wonder if, how much it might hurt the, the young guys of just not getting as many opportunities and trying, like they're trying to balance of just like having competitive veterans and who will push these young guys and everything, but who also just may want to compete and then actually getting growth out of these young guys. Look at all of the, like look at all the uh, first round picks they've just traded over the last couple of seasons. Okay, so you just acquired two of them in a throwaway deal. Like guys who were drafted in the first round by Houston like two years ago, they just traded them this offseason because like, well, now we don't have like sort of the roster space for them because we needed to sign Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and stuff. And yeah, like that that's a good core, Louis, Louis says. Like I, I agree. Like that's probably who you should be kind of trying to figure out and stuff. But then you just gave Dylan Brooks a four year, eighty million dollar contract. So he's gonna be part of that somewhere in there. Like I I'm not as fully sold on Houston, though I do like a lot of their uh young players and everything. The Clippers are yeah. still in the mix and the Clippers might add James Harden, which I don't know who they're giving up to get James Harden. This is another thing of like they're just trying to give up Norman Powell and Marcus Morris and to yeah, get James and that, Harden. That, that's that's why they're not going to get that deal done. If I'm the Sixers, okay, hold include, on, now. hold on, you now. better include yeah. Kawhi or or PG in that trade. 
Okay, I agree. But what's the difference between what Harden's doing, wanting to go to the Clippers and forcing his way there and getting a bad return package, and what and what Dame is doing that you support? What's the difference? Please tell me. The difference in what we my our criticisms is is I am talking about from the Sixers point of view. I am not calling his move a bitch ass move. I'm not saying that it, it, he is it's a cowardly move or a wrong move for him. I am saying from the Sixers point of view, you gotta want Kawhi Leonard or Paul George in that deal. Like there is no third player. The third player is is Russell Westbrook, who three, four years ago, people would have thought if he's in the position of a free agent this season, he's getting more than $15 million. This man signed a two-year, $7.8 million contract, ladies and gentlemen. This ain't the guy who was it was averaging a triple double and being the MVP and making a hundred million dollars on his last his last day of multiple. $100 million plus. I think I'm being on the safe side saying $100 million. But it was more than $100 million. He was making like $35, $40 million a year. So he, that's the third best guy. That's the third best guy. That's basically like trading a broken You've just down turned this Honda. into Westbrook slander. Out of, we're not talking about <laughs> Russell Westbrook. What are we doing talking about Russell that's Westbrook? That's the third best guy okay. on here. The okay. Miami Heat are offering Portland their third best guy. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is a lot better of a return than Russell Westbrook. I agree, but there's no difference in what Portland's doing or what Dame is doing, trying to force his way to, to Portland for or trying to force his way to Miami for a bad package that Portland clearly does not want, and what Harden's doing, seemingly trying to force his way to the Clippers for a bad package that Philadelphia rightfully does not want. There's no difference. Yeah, you're defending say, one. Say it was you're defending one defending because you're, one. You're, you are. You're like, yeah, Portland. What are you doing? Go ahead and make this move. You're getting Tyler Hero. Just be happy with that. They don't want Tyler Hero. They don't want him. So why should they be forced to do it? Just because Dame says it. You're like, oh, you got to make this move. Uh, but then on the Sixers side, you're like, no, the Sixers shouldn't make this move. When if they don't get Kawhi or PG, why would they ever make this move? Why should Portland make this move when they don't want Tyler Hero and they want Bam? Why? Show's over, everybody. SP3's got nothing to say. No, I'm gonna let I you finish. Correct. I know you. I know you're not right. You're I'm not done. right. You're not don't, right. Please tell I me. Was, please I tell was me. defending. I was defending the Dame Lillard trade because you said it was a bitch ass move. I gave, you the per- I gave you the perspective from Dame Lillard. You are going to a championship situation in Miami, okay, which, so give is, me the which is a beautiful place to, to live. Give me the perspective for for uh, James Harden then. Yeah, he should want to go to L.A. and not give up Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So because, do it. Because Don't if he goes it. to L.A., he's not in a championship position. He's not even in a better position than what he was with the Philadelphia 76ers. Let alone, he's not even in a better position than what he was with the Brooklyn freaking Nets. You go ask He's in a good position. Play. So where do you want him to go? So should everybody just go to one team? Everybody should no. go to the Lakers or the Warriors? No. I wanted James Harden to go to Houston. I wanted him to opt out and say Why is that in a championship position there? No, I don't I don't I didn't SB3. think he was going SB3. for a championship position. SB3. We don't worry about championship positions because yeah, Dame makes uh Miami much better, obviously. 
James Harden's going to make the Clippers better. You put him with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, again, hell. Well, oh, not there. They're not going to be there. Okay, it's hell. Well, I get why that. Acting? Why are we acting like that? Why are we acting like we we Martin and Cole and we like, yeah, Tommy going to be at work. I'm going to go pick him up. He's not going to be there. It's still a good team. You and, and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook could be there. He shows up. Like, it's still a good team. Of course you would want to go. Let's look at just what the trade return and the demands on this. So, so it's what's the, the same trade thing. For the what's the trade? Because you're not going to trade Russell Westbrook. You're not going to trade Kawhi Leonard. You're not going to Yeah, trade you're trying Paul to just give up. You're not trading your top three players. So what I know. are we doing? What are we doing is if I'm the Clippers, I'm like, yeah, I only got to give up Norman Powell, maybe Bones Highland, Marcus Morris, some draft picks. Yeah, why wouldn't I do that? Just like Miami, if I'm like, wait, I only got to give up Tyler Hero, who we clearly, we just went to the championship. Uh, we just went to the finals with, without him. I only got to give up him and some other role players in traffic. Yeah, of course. If I'm Miami and I'm the Clippers, of course I love these deals. Of course I do. But if I'm Portland and the Sixers, I'm looking at like, no, I don't want Tyler Hero. I don't want. I, I am Tyler sorry. I am sorry. It's the same the situation. Miami, no, it's the Miami spinning. Heat deal is so much better than that than that Clippers one. Yes, I agree. I agree. The Miami Heat deal is better. I fully agree with that. Getting Tyler here is the best player out of all this. But look yes. at it from Portland's perspective. They don't want him, so they should not be forced to do it. But they are forced to do it because Dame is like, this is the only place I want to go. So you got to accept what they give you. That's it. Same with James has, Harden. Has this James is the only Harden, place I want to go. Has, has James Harden said he only wants to go to the Clippers? More or less, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So defend it. You're defending. You're defending this Dame deal. Defend. It's the same situation. These players are picking where they want to go, and they want these teams to give up minimum value. When if it was a bidding war, certainly for Damian Lillard, James Harden. I don't know at this point. But when if it was a bidding war these teams that are trading them could actually get potentially equal value for them. Potentially. I don't know if you're ever going to get equal value for guys like this, but like well, James Harden potentially get equal value. James Harden, you are not going into a championship situation. If you go to the Los no, Angeles Clippers. championships, what are we you, talking about? Championship situation. There's only like two places James that guarantee you a championship situation. James Harden. You are going into what will be I'm trying to count one, two, three. This would be your third failed, failed duo trio. No, fourth failed duo trio of your career. You had a trio in if, OKC if, with Russ, Russ Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Failed. If, failed. If Miami, if Miami went to Philadelphia and said, We will give you. We'll give you the Dame package. We'll give you Hero, uh, Jovich, Lowry, first-round picks. You give us Harden. What, is, what does Philadelphia say to that? Philadelphia say yes. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. let's do it. You're lying. You are they would. lying. There's they would. no way they would take that deal. They can get they much better compensation. It's better than the Clippers package. They can get much better compensation than that for James Harden. They get, could they get Zach Levine for James Harden? I think can they? Chicago would be willing to trade Zach Levine for James Harden if it was more. Then of an they open should be bidding. calling them for that. 
But it's not because he gets to pick where he wants to go. He only wants to go to the Clippers. It's not the best package. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It's not the best trade package out there. The Clippers trade package sucks, by the way. I think it's yes. awful. That, it makes the Tyler Hero deal seem that it much does. more feasible. But the, that doesn't make the Tyler Hero trade package seem good either. Yeah, it does. That it doesn't actually mean it's good does. either. It, no. That Clippers deal is so bad that it does. It does make it seem good. That doesn't actually make it that doesn't make it good, though. It doesn't good. make it good. It is good it's by not. comparison. It's not. Then please tell me why all these teams aren't lining up to get Tyler Hero. Please tell me. Um, Would you trade yeah. Austin Reeves for Tyler Hero? No, we're not talking about the Lakers right now. You're out here just slandering Russell Westbrook for no reason. What are you talking about? Lakers. What are we talking about? I was talking about Russell Westbrook's team and talking about the fact that he's the third. No, you weren't. You were talking about him. You were talking about him. I was. I was talking about the. I was talking about double. I was talking about the fact that he's the third best player on the team. The comparison of that trade from uh, you know uh, from Miami to Portland. With Tyler Hero, who's the third best player on the Miami Heat, getting traded for Damian Lillard. That's all. Both trade packages suck. And both Trash. teams know they can offer these terrible trade packages because the star players are like, these are the only places that I want to go. So the team that make it is making the offer, rightfully so, by the way. Rightfully so. If I'm the Clippers, if I'm Miami, I don't give up good pieces if i don't have to until i'm forced to i don't i don't need to just like phoenix just like how phoenix got bradley beal wait we don't have to give up deandre ayton the best player we got to give up is chris paul who we were going to cut anyway sure of course you would do these deals if you're these teams i don't begrudge them at all for it but we can all admit that these are not the best trade packages out there if it was an open bidding market if it was an open bidding market, these are not the best trade packages out there. But these are the trade packages that these teams are going to have to accept because these players are just forcing their way to one destination. And they're being bitches about it. Especially Dame, who has their agent, who has his agent telling teams he's going to be unhappy if he's here. He's going to be unhappy if you trade for See, him. I, it's James I, Harden. I think it's just James like Harden's only a one-year deal. What? Of I am joy I am judging these on the trade package. You are judging this on a general principle of these type of trades when the player is trying to control where they're sent. So I understand. I understand our difference of opinion right now of why you think I'm defending one trade you and are. demoting another. No, because I'm saying one-, one is an actual good trade package, and one isn't. That's my simple argument. If it was a good trade package, they would have accepted it. It's not a good trade package. It's not. They want one it's not more for what Portland. Pick. That's it. It's not for what Portland wants to do. It, it's not for what Portland wants to do because they don't need Tyler Hero. That's why they're trying to trade Tyler Hero and get – they need a big because Nurkic ain't holding up at this point. They got Jeremy Grant – They've also got to try to figure out what they're doing with him because they just signed him to a big deal because Dame is like, oh, I want to compete. I want to play. I want Jeremy Grant back. So Jeremy Grant signs this big deal, and then Dame's like, never mind. They would have they, they would have just let Jeremy Grant walk in that case, but instead they, they had to sign him to this deal because they're trying to make Dame happy, and then Dame is like, no. And by the way, they should have. By the way, I'm not defending Portland on any of this. 
Uh, Trey, you are a Miami fan, okay? You're a Miami fan. You. <laughs> um, but I'm not defending Portland on any of this. They've handled this very poorly. They should have traded Dame. They should have traded Dame a couple years ago. If I'm being, they should have made the choice. They shouldn't have never left it up to Dame. Yeah, I agree with that too. They should have traded him at the draft when they were clearly in a position to take Scoot. And then they're like, you know what? We're just going to, who cares where Dame wants to go? Anybody want him? We're going to trade him. And then it'll be somebody else's problem at that point. They should have just gone ahead and traded him. Or they should have done better when it came to just building the team around them because they didn't do a good job there. I fully, I fully agree with that too. I'm not defending what Portland has actually done around Dame on this because I don't think they've done a good job. If they really wanted to build around Dame, they should have traded the third pick. They clearly didn't want to. They wanted Scoot, right? I understand their position on that. In that case, trade Dame then. When you know you have that third pick, go ahead and trade Dame then. Yeah, they probably should have traded Dame when they had when they traded McCollum. I agree with all of this. I don't think Portland, how they've handled this whole thing, is in the right either. I do think that they have the right to not accept the Tyler Hero trade, and I do think they're put in a bad position because Dame and his agent are telling teams, hey, Dame's going to be unhappy if he goes here on this stuff. That is smart, traditional agent move. You try to get your client where he wants to go. I don't think they did anything wrong. I don't think Dame Lillard has done anything wrong. I think Dame Lillard has handled this situation as well as he's wanted. He wants to dictate where he wants to go. It's a player's league, the NBA. He's done nothing wrong. James Harden, on the other hand, wants to go to the L.A. Clippers. He's doing yeah. a bunch of things wrong. What? It's because it's the other L.A. team. It's the other. He, he wants uh, to go to the projects. He wants to live in the projects of Los Angeles. And we're all acting like, oh, it's an NBA team. Yeah, sure. They're all fighting. This man, Dave Lillard, wants to go to South Beach. He wants to go with the beaches. He wants to go to the Dolphins games. He wants to be, and, you know, he wants to be on South Beach limousine riding jet flying. Son of a god! Meanwhile, the, the, the James Harden, James Harden, going to not be able to get uh, an Afro pick for his beard, being living in the projects of Los Angeles, right across the street, right across the hall from the mansion. That is the Los Angeles Lakers. He will always live in the shadow of the Lakers. Trey says, could you really blame Dame for how Portland treated him? I think Portland was kind to him. I think Portland like kind of tried to do stuff. I just don't think they're very competent. Like I like the Jeremy Grant signing. That was a good move to try to, to get him. McCollum, I mean, they felt the need to trade him. It was a lost season for them. The return package, what they got from McCollum wasn't great, but I'm not as super high on CJ McCollum as I think a lot of people were at that time anyway. McCollum's like a fine player, but like that that partnership had kind of run its course. Nobody wants to go to Portland. And this is why, this is why if I'm Portland, people, people are like, oh, other stars are going to see how they treated Dame, and they're not going to want to be there. Please tell me somebody Portland has actually signed that mattered over the last decade. You think Portland should care if like, oh, wait, we traded Dame and that we had this bad fallout? Man, when Wemby is a free agent, 
he might not pick us. Nobody's picking y'all anyway, all right? They should not this worry about this at all. They should not worry about it at all. They should do what's best for their franchise, but they can't do what's best for their franchise because they, the agent has said, yeah, don't even make an offer. Because if you make an offer and they accept it, he's not going to be happy here. So basically all they can do is the Miami trade and then try to do what they can based off of that but they should not care one bit of like hey we look like the bad guys in this situation how's this gonna affect us with our with star players in free agency five years from now one it could be a completely different management five years from now so who cares what this management does y'all could be fired in five years the way things are going because y'all ain't done that great of a job in the first place but even if it's still the same management, nobody wants to go to Portland anyway. Nobody's picking Portland as their prime free agent destination out there. Lillard and McCollum had to beg Carmelo Anthony, a washed Carmelo Anthony, to come to Portland. That's been about their biggest free agent signing the entire time. And you got the money, you can throw the money, people will find some happiness out of that anyway. So if they have actual cap space on this stuff, things might be okay. Do what's best for your franchise. But again, they can't. Because the agent's like, oh, Dame's not going to be happy if you get traded here. I totally forgot that Melo came to Portland. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. That was a, that was a time. You had, to be in, you had to be there. You had to be there, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I think that Dame should go where he needs to go. It's a time-honored tradition that these teams kind of listen and take into account these star players, where they want to go as far as they trade. And, uh, you know, I think the most recent memory, the only team that really didn't do that was, well, there's a couple of instances actually now with Paul George when he got traded from Indiana Pacers to Oklahoma City. He didn't, he wanted to be in LA, whether it was for the Clippers or the Lakers. Uh, in a similar fashion, Kawhi Leonard wanted to be in Los Angeles and then he got traded to the Toronto Raptors. And this was the Spurs kind of looking after themselves and taking the best deal possible in that regard. Uh, and they also were not on a good terms with Kawhi Leonard. So they would have sent his ass anywhere. And Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, he wanted to allegedly, reportedly, because I had I had people in the family who told me otherwise, like, no, he didn't want to be in Los Angeles. But reportedly, allegedly, he wanted to be in Los Angeles, and the Brooklyn Nets owner decided to ship him over to Dallas, where he is still their problem to this day. This is why the, these franchises, if you're another franchise and you want to make the offer for, for Dame, just make it. He's not sitting out for three years. He's not. It's a three-year deal. He's just not going to sit out for that long. And by the way, a lot of these times, Kawhi, you got a championship out of. It was one season. You got yeah. a championship out of. It worked out for you. Like, like Good job on that. A lot of these times with these big trades, these stars who demand these trades and want to go to a certain destination, doesn't always work out. Durant wanted to go to Phoenix last year for at least half a season. It didn't work. Brooklyn, when they when they got Harden, how'd that work out for them? Kyrie, when he going to Dallas, how'd that work out for them? A lot of these times, these star demand trades, it just doesn't always seem to work out. I'm sure there are other examples that I'm just forgetting off the top of my head. But like these star demand trades just doesn't guarantee you 
this type of success. Will Dane be in a great position? Yes, he will. Paul George, Paul George, you know, wanted to go to, you know what? The team that actually makes the trade for the disgruntled star who doesn't want to be there, it works out best for them than it yeah. does for the team who actually goes and gets this guy. Cause Toronto, Kawhi didn't want to be in Toronto. Toronto made the deal. Toronto won a title. Paul George didn't want to be in Oklahoma city. He wanted to be in Los Angeles, Oklahoma city, made the deal. Did they win a title? No, they're in a good position though. They're in a real good position yeah. after that Paul George deal. These other teams, Kevin Durant wanted to be in Brooklyn. What he leave them with? Mikel Bridges? Mikel Bridges is good. I like hey, Mikel. On the other hand, Anthony Davis wanted to be in Los Angeles. We got a championship. The return pack, the trade package was actually good. The the That's trade true. package was it. You're right. Uh, the Anthony Davis trade did that did work out for Los Angeles. It 100% did. You know, Kawhi wanted to be in Los Angeles. Paul George wanted to be in Los Angeles off of these deals. How's that been working for them? Russell well, Westbrook. Wanted that's to... the difference. The Clippers are trash. Russell like, Westbrook. It doesn't matter be... who's on the team. Their team is trash. James Harden wanted Russell Westbrook in Houston. He wanted to be in Houston. Russell Westbrook wanted to be in Los Angeles. LeBron wanted Russ in Los Angeles. How do these deals work out for for these teams? These stars who demand these trades and want to go to a certain destination, it doesn't always work out for that team. But at least, yeah, Melo got traded to New York. How'd that work out for him? Like, some of these Man, they, just got, they gutted that out. team, too. I will never forget that. That they gutted, did. That gutted that New York team that was playing well when it was just Omari Stoudemire and Raymond Felton on that team. But, hey, they, had to, they wanted to get Melo. Melo wanted out. And I think that it hurt New York for years and years to come. And that's why they won nothing, like Trey said. Dame will be in Miami. I'm sure Harden will be a member of the Lakers or the Clippers. Sorry. These stars will we don't get want what that. They want. We don't want that. We don't want that. Like that's, that's like the worst person. The Clippers' issue the last couple of seasons has been their star players have not played in the playoffs, not even been on the court, and then you have someone who becomes John Cena whenever the playoffs start, where he's on the court, but you just can't see him. Clippers should just blow it up, honestly. Just just blow it up. I've been, I've, been, I've been saying this for months now. Trade Kawhi for whatever you can. Trade it. Paul George for whatever you can. Just make all these trades. Just whatever. They won't. They'll get James Harden probably on the cheap. And then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens uh, after that. Anything else you want to? I think that is everything uh, off-season wise. I mean, we had a couple of re-signings and uh, pickups. Well, I gave you my, my, my ranking for the West. East, right now, pre-Dame Lillard and James Harden trades, I'll go number one, Boston Celtics. The Pazingas trade, I think they needed a big on the inside, despite not having, you know, a point, a firmed-up point guard besides Malcolm Brogdon, who I think will play a more increased role on this team. 
and the loss of their defensive leader in Marcus Smart. I still think they have the best team overall. You have two firm, you know, duo in Brown and Tatum. I think they are the number one team in the East right now. Uh, Milwaukee, which I think had the best offseason of anybody in the East, uh, just re-signing re-signing Chris Middleton and re-signing uh, Brooke Lopez I thought was key. I, I think the the new coaching is going to be a, be a benefit to them because I think Bootenholzer had lost his kind of his touch a long time ago, even before they won the championship. I thought he lost his touch. So I think the new coaching will help them out a lot. I think they that was a, the big thing for them is that two big re-signings. And I think overall their team is going to be a lot better and have a chip on their shoulder after last season then I would go third Miami Miami yes they lost uh Gabe Vinson but I think they they retained most of their core players and I think that the, even if the Dame Lillard trade doesn't go through I still think they're going to make a deal throughout this season I don't see Tyler Hero going into the, the playoffs with them trades going through let's let's not I, it's going I, through. I mean I mean I, and that's why that's what I'm saying right now because I'm going to redo these rankings after Dame Lillard gets traded uh, as someone's playing music very loudly outside my window, uh, you got, I'll go Philadelphia, even with James Harden acting for the trade. Uh, I think that, you know, you got Joel Embiid, you got Tyrese Maxey. I think that the team might actually be better without uh, James Harden, depending on what happens with that trade. And please don't take that Clippers deal. That Clippers package is trash. Every time I think about it. I hate, I hate I, you can't do these opinion. rankings. You can't do these rankings until a lot of stuff still yeah. checks out. These no, trades are uh, this, gonna... is, this is my way too early free okay. agency ranking. Okay. Uh, and then fifth, fifth, it changes because I like the Knicks offseason. I thought the Knicks made a couple of good uh, re-signings. But I'll go with tentatively Cleveland. I'll say Cleveland at number five. Uh, just they have most of their core that's coming back after after last season, and I thought that they made you know certain moves that they needed to do, but nothing kind of big like the other teams in the East. So that's why I have those uh, other four ahead of Cleveland right now. Milwaukee, I'm bored by them. Like re-signing Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton is good, but just. Yeah, they got a new coach. We'll see how that changes things. They're, they're just running back the same stuff. It's just kind of boring. Like it, it's fine. Like they're a good team, but they're just boring. Like it's not enamored. They should go after James Harden. Drew Holiday for James Harden. That's the trade. Uh no. Why would you trade Drew? I would try to keep Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. <laughs> Yeah, I would too, but you got to give up one of the top three players, SP3. Why don't you give up one of the top three players? That's why you signed Brook Lopez, so a nice, healthy contract. Put so you him trade in him there. as part of the deal? You just play Put Lopez in there. and B? Yep. Yeah. Twin Towers. Twin Towers, y'all. This is also true, Louis said. Bulls are bad, and they're running back. Bulls, man. Yeah, They've had, they probably had the worst off season, one of the worst off seasons. They didn't do anything. That was a, exactly. I mean, it's, it's bad they, they, didn't, they didn't do anything. They, did, they should have. They tried didn't anything. do anything, and then they got news that their point guard is going to be out yeah, another season. 
That's unfortunate. That's very worse off season. Worse off season. It wasn't good. Like they should have tried to trade these guys, but there's still a lot of off season left. It's July 11th. We got to see how the Dame trade when he finally goes to Miami. We got to see how the Harden trade when he finally goes to the Clippers. We got to see how that stuff just shakes out. And then there might be more moves around that as teams react to that. So we got to see how these moves start finish first. And then, then we will see, uh, you know, if other moves kind of happen. All right. SB three. I've, I've severely defeated you today in all of our arguments. Defeated me. <laughs> you have never defeated me. You still owe me. Seven. Never lost. I've never lost. Let me talk. Let me talk. It's my turn. It's my turn. My turn. <laughs> SV3, go ahead and plug all of your stuff. We're going to get out of here as we've spent 90 minutes catching up on all the basketball that we've missed for the last couple of weeks. Yes, this was fun. I, I, I always miss whenever we miss a week or miss a time. I always am very happy when we can return to talk about basketball here. I want to thank everybody in the chat. Thank everybody who's watching on demand. Thank you, Jeremy. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. I will be back on YouTube sometime this week. I don't know. Yeah, tomorrow we're doing a review over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel for Dark Side of the Ring Season 4, Episode 5 or 6, whichever it is, of Adrian Adonis. We'll be doing that tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, got our AEW Dynamite review. Friday, we're doing a preview for New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Climax. I think we're also doing a Slammiversary preview this week. So we got plenty of content on True Hill Heat. It's T-R-U, no E, if you're listening to this. And we are very close to 8,000 subscribers. And you can go over there and press the join button to become a member for just $1 a month. So some great stuff over there on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Everyone go support SP3 and uh, Romeo and all of the crew is doing over there, doing great work. So I always see the, the watch alongs for like every single event that, that is happening, every single show that is happening taking place. So go support SP3. Um, breaking news, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But if you're listening to this, this is probably the first time I think it's been mentioned. SP3 is actually going to be back on the spotlight this week hosting with uh, Steven Jensen. So yeah, FMC exclusive here for for everybody because i don't think it, we've announced this anywhere else um yeah sp3 is co-hosting the the spotlight with uh steven jensen this week i'm going to north carolina again to uh continue to do personal stuff there so i'm flying on thursday morning i'm gonna try to make a run-in like literally as i get on my flight uh no promises but regardless sp3 will be there and we do have a an interview um i did do record the interview with jensen last night so you will see my face uh on the show as part of the interview uh, but sp3 will be hosting the the bulk of the of the show the the meat of everything so yeah uh that'll be on thursday and then otherwise fightful overbooked a lot of stuff a lot of dumb stuff a lot of fun stuff that rhymes so yes uh there you go everybody just just watch share delaware will likely be back next week we were basketball heavy we should have had her on to give her thoughts on uh wimby and Brittany. honestly yes we gotta we gotta make like we gotta do a whole episode where we do a celebrity death match card like we Ooh, book, I like this. We, we like book this. a celebrity 
deathmatch card. Since we no longer have celebrity deathmatch, we now need to be the bookers and book our own celebrity deathmatch card. Victor Wembenyama versus Britney Spears. One of the greatest uh, shows of all time, honestly. It is. Deathmatch. It, it, like, so no, funny. no jokes. Is, no jokes. That's one of my favorite, favorite all time MTV shows. Yeah. It's it's a tremendous tremendous show. Um, I like this idea, by the way. Uh, so yeah, all right, everybody. Um, maybe we'll do that in the coming weeks. Basketball will slow down, like news and stuff will slow down a little bit. So we're gonna have to figure some some stuff, get get some ideas going here. So I do like the celebrity deathmatch idea. Anyway, Share Delaware will be back probably next week uh, with us. So there you go, everyone. Five overbooked. Support SB3 at True Heel SB3 and True Heel Heat. Don't follow me on Twitter, even though it's posted there, but don't don't actually follow me on Twitter. All right, everybody. Bye, everyone. Talk to you all next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.